0: This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. God bless all of you. I'm glad you made it out today. If you're a guest, we welcome you here. I, I say that truly. I'm glad you're here. Honored that you'd be here. Uh, if you need a Bible, raise your hand, or ushers would gladly get you one. Once you get your Bible, go to Hebrews chapter 9. Then we'll go from Hebrews 9 to 1 John chapter 1. Uh, if you've been here for the last 10 weeks, we are in the finale of the Dominion series, Most Likely. I kind of hesitate on it, Most Likely. They said, Pastor, this is the 10th week of it, so again, Most Likely, this is it. So we'll feed your faith and starve your doubts today. Again, I want you to get a Bible. If you're a great note taker, take great notes I'm going to give you a bunch of scripture. And some of you may say, well, what's new? Well, it's okay. We're going to give you a bunch of scripture. Here's a thought for you to turn to Hebrews 9. This is kind of how God begins to move and speak into my life. Even earlier today, I really sensed that many of you will remember this passage in the New Testament where the guy was lame and he had the buddies. And they said, man, dude, we we got to get you to church. You need to get to church. And remember, they they were so gung-ho on getting him to church that they got there, and the church was too full for people to get in. Man, that's a great thought in my life. I, I cherish the days that happens. But they were so, so gung-ho about getting him around Jesus, they cut a hole in the roof. And they let him around and let him down in there. And guess what happened? He ultimately got healed. So my thinking on that is, got to get to church. you got to get people to church. Well, I, I don't look good Dude, That's tough. You're going to church. I'm not dressed right, tough. You're going to church. I don't feel good. Well, you're going to church. Why? Because Jesus wants to save you, and he wants to set you free, and he wants to heal you. And I believe that for every one of us in this room, that the goal again today is to get God to connect with you. God's got plans for some of you. So what you're going to hear today is a lot on the blood of Jesus. But I believe many of you in here have been believing a lie, and a lie from the devil. So we're going to take care of that. Okay. As I'm talking real fast, go with me to Hebrews 9. I've got to get somewhere today. Verse 22. Hebrews 9, 22. And according to the law, or the Old Testament, Moses, almost all things are purified or cleansed with the blood. Leviticus 17 says that life is in the blood. So as significant is the blood to my natural or my physical body, it's even more so the blood of Jesus to your spirit. He goes on to say, and without the shedding of blood, and when you see the phrase without the shedding of blood, that means someone's got to die. But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. There is no remission. Now, listen what the word remission says. And, As you begin to hear some of these definitions of it, this is not a a dead church, okay? We are not the first dead in Christ. We're not the first frozen chosen. What are you trying to say, pastor? We can get excited about the word of God. Now, listen to the definition of remission here. To send away a release from bondage. You missed a good chance. Imprisonment dismissal, the quality of canceling out all judgment, punishment, and an obligation or debt. And so that is what he's talking about, the blood of Jesus. Now again, we're going to get into this more and more this morning here just to help us, to give us a biblical insight about just how powerful the blood is. Go with me to 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Once you get there, we'll begin in, in verse 5. Now, I will tell you as you turn in there, the, the entire morning we're going to be in the far back part of the New Testament from Hebrews backwards, okay? And so, again, that may help you to understand where we're going. Man, I, I encourage you, get, get into the Word, okay? And my thinking on that is you get into the Word, God will get into you. And I'm going to tell you the Word of God will begin to mold you and it will begin to sh- change you. First John chapter 1. Verse 5, this is the message which we've heard from him. And we declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. If we say that we have fellowship with him, but we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And so to agree, he's saying you're living a lie. You, you, you can't walk in light, but yet... Live in darkness. You can't do that. It's just not going to happen. Verse 7. But if we walk in the light. Now that phrase right there. You saw it again. That phrase to walk in the light. Literally means to be held accountable. Before God and man. So if we walk in the light. As he is in the light. We have fellowship. With one another. And so the, the area of walking in the light. God wants to have fellowship with you. God wants to do life with you. God likes to hang out with you. You know why? He's our heavenly father. He created us. And he says, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Not just the little sin, Not just the big, he said, from all sin. Now, as a former addict to sin, that's really good news to me, okay? There was a time in my life, it was almost like I was addicted to sin. But thank God for the blood of Jesus. Ooh, the blood of Jesus has changed me. Verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive, we delude, or we fool ourselves... And the truth is not in us. Now, when you begin to look at what John is talking about here, when he makes this statement right here, he was dealing with false teachers that begin to try to downplay sin. Try to act like sin, it's not a big deal. You you can just go ahead and, and treat sin casually. But when he begins to highlight this, this is what you see in verse 5, 6, 7 real quick with this, is that anytime time I get into sin, it breaks my fellowship with God. I don't care who we are. That's the only thing I can find in the Bible that causes a separation from us. And so to a degree, when you hear that, you may say, well, I might as well go to the bottom of the pool and sink. There's no hope for me. Yeah, there is. Watch this next verse. Now, if you want to put a fresh tattoo on you, okay, if you like to be all tatted up, put First John 1, 9 on you, okay? Put that on there. I saw a guy at the Men of Iron this, this last year, and on his arm right here, it said, Hell Hellraiser. And I thumped him on his arm, and I said, I believe you're a heaven raiser. And he kind of looked at me like, that's a new revelation. <laughs> you're a heaven raiser, Okay. Quit believing that lie. You're a hell raiser. First John nine. That had absolutely nothing to do with what I'm preaching about. <laughs> if we confess our sins. Highlight if. And you know what if is? If is a choice. If, if I confess my sins. So literally what he's talking about. It comes a place in your life and my life. Where we repent. And to repent means I take ownership. It's the robe of humility. And so if I confess my sins, I, I can't blame anybody else. I, I can't say, well, Sidney made me sin. No, she didn't. No one put a gun to your head and said, sin, boy, sin. I didn't need it a gun pointed. I did well enough without one. But he's saying here, take ownership. So he says, if we confess our sin, he, Father God, is faithful and just to forgive our sins. Now again, listen, if you don't confess your sin, this is not going to happen. And if I don't confess my sin, my fellowship with God is broken. If my fellowship with God is broke, I'm in bad situation as a human being. Blessing number two off of this and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so, man, this is the effects of this right here. That this is a blessing. Listen, too many times I, I believe we viewed repentance or the confession of sin as a negative. Man, that's not a negative. That's a blessing. God wants to have fellowship with us. And he knew in our humanity there would be times we would blow it. How many of you have blown it in the last week? Okay, all you who didn't raise your hand. There will be an altar call for liars after the surge. Won't pull you up here, okay? Okay? It's the robe of humility again here. Same chapter or chapter 2, 1 John 2, verse 1. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. Now, Pastor, sinning's not a big deal. Well, why did he say this then? God's desire is that we do not sin. So to help us out, he says, but if anyone sins, we have an advocate. A legal counselor, one who intercedes for us, one who pleads our case before God. you got an advocate. You've got the greatest attorney of all, and his name is Jesus. And we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation for our sins, and not only for ours only, but also for the whole world. Pastor, you're not going to leave us hanging with that word propitiation, are you? No, I'm not. When when I hesitate before I say it, i got to really think about it. Propitiation, propitiation. That word literally means that because of the blood of Jesus, it's an atonement. Jesus became the sacrifice for us, so better stated, Jesus' blood appeased the wrath of God for every one of us. Every one of us in here deserved the wrath of God, but what Jesus did for each one of us, it was the full payment for our sin. So when Father God looks at us, he says, When we we, we come under the blood of Jesus, he said, Paid in full. Paid in full. Not a little bit. Paid in full. And so again, when when you begin to look at everything he's talking about here, uh, the Lord Jesus' blood and the confession of sin, it puts us in right standing with God. Now, we've talked about this in the last 10 weeks, but in, in Matthew 16, 19, the Lord gave us the authority. He said, I give you the keys to loose and to bind. If I'm not in right fellowship with God, You can loose and bind until your looser and your binding doesn't have any loose and binding left. And it's not going to do you any good. And we go to James 4 verse 7. It says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. If you're not in right fellowship with God, you can resist until your resistor doesn't have an eye in the resisting. It's not going to do you any good. But something happens when I begin to understand the significance of confessing my sin and then allowing the blood of Jesus to represent me. Time sack. Go with me to the book of Hebrews. Now go go, go to 1 Peter 1. 1 Peter 1 while we're there and then we'll go to Hebrews. 1 Peter chapter 1. Back there to your left just a little bit from where we were. Verse 13. Verse 13. Therefore, gird up, gird up. Now you'll see that phrase a couple times in the New Testament. Ephesians six is another reference, but when it talks gird up, it's literally like taking a belt and cinching it up. Gird up, cinch that belt up, and it literally signifies that you're getting ready for action. Gird up the loins of your mind. Think clearly. Be focused. Be sober. The word sober there literally means to be self-controlled and rest or set your hope fully. Now listen to this. Set your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I got to understand grace. You want to live with with a a, a right mind and self-control? Ask God to grace you. But ask God to grace you, to give you a revelation of who you are in Christ Jesus. Lord Jesus, I want to be who you say I am. Keep reading. To them it was revealed, verse 14, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. In other words, I'm graced to not go back to that old way I used to live. But as he who called you is holy... You also be holy in all your conduct or manner of living or your behavior. Because as it is written, be holy for I am holy. If you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work. Now I want you to hold fast to that right there. Every one of us in this room, we're going to be judged. We're going to stand before God. And remember he said, I show no partiality, no favoritism. Every one of you are going to stand before him. Now look how we're going to stand before him for what? He judges one according to each one's work. His conduct, and you conduct yourselves through the time of your stay here in fear. So what he's going to judge me and you on is our time while we're here on earth. As long as you're here, you're going to have to ask God to help you and grace you. Verse 18. Verse 18 knowing that you were not redeemed you were not repurchased you were not bought with corruptible things perishable things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received from the traditions from your fathers but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot what were you repurchased with come on come preach to you what were you redeemed with the blood of the lamb and notice what Peter said. He said, the precious, spotless, without blemish, blood of the Lamb. Again, when I say that, there, there's a huge, a huge sacrifice that was paid for us. And so I think about how I've been redeemed and you've been redeemed. So for time's sake, I'm going to take you back into the Old Testament in Exodus 12. When the Israelites were exiting out of Egypt under under Moses' leadership. Remember the Lord had brought all these plagues to the Egyptians and they wouldn't give in. Well, the last plague was the the plague of the, the death of the firstborn. Now remember the Lord told him, he said, On that night, I'm going to come in. And the only way you're going to be protected is if your house is marked by the blood. And remember, he told them, put it on the doorpost, put it on the lintels. And according to Exodus 12, 23, he says specifically this, I will not allow the destroyer to strike you. God said, I won't allow it. But only under one condition. Is your home, is your life identified and marked by the blood of Jesus? He wasn't concerned about your address. He didn't say, if you lived at 3616 Blessed Avenue, you're okay. No. The only thing that mattered was the blood. He didn't ask who your mama was. He didn't ask about your portfolio. He didn't ask about your titles. He didn't ask if you wore uh, Air Jordans. He didn't care about it. He said, the only thing that matters is the blood of the Lamb. Amen. The precious blood of the Lamb. Woo, the precious blood. That's without spot and without blemish. And I still believe that to this day. Man, I got to be marked by the blood. I got to come under the blood. So when I use that phrase, I got to come under the blood. How does that look? Well, go with me to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Only got about 40 more references. Hebrews chapter 10. Just kidding, okay? Lighten up. Hebrews chapter 10. Woo, get ready. This is good. Hebrews 10, verse 11. And every priest. Now, I want to highlight something here. When he talks about a priest, he's just talking about a human being, a man, a woman. And every priest stands ministering daily, day by day by day, year in and year out, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. They can never put a dent in the sin problem. They can't take away the guilt of sin. So the priest continuously offered ineffective sacrifices because it was based off of man. Good news. Verse 12. But this man, the Lord Jesus, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin. Now notice there, sins is plural. So you know what Jesus said? I took care of that sin problem. Your, your past sin problem, your present sin problem, and your future sin problem. Once and for all. And after he had offered one sacrifices for sin for, forever, forever, he sat down at the right hand of God. Now when he sat down, that doesn't imply inactivity Better stated, when he sat down, it speaks of his absolute and total dominion. You know why he sat down? Because the job was completed. He said, I did it. He said, my blood was shed once and for all. And with it came a warranty that only he could make. Forever. Forever. There's a few of you excited. For by one offering... He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Now think about the word being. The word being highlights that it's a process. The word sanctified means you're set apart. So you are being set apart where you're different from the world. You're being set apart. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you right now, your life looks different spiritually than it did 10 years ago? How many of your life spiritually looks different than a year ago? Guess what? You're being sanctified. And it's a process. It's even part of the lyrics we sang together. He picked up all the pieces and he's putting me back together. Well, man, when you've had a lot of pieces all strung out all over the place, it takes a while to bring them back together. Some of you are a hard case. But not too difficult for the blood of the Lamb. Verse fifteen, or verse 14, that's where I was going to end. And so again, when we see this, it, it speaks to this, this total dominance and delivering of Jesus. And so back to verse 13, that's where I'm at it. From that time waiting till his enemies are made his footstool. Till that time his enemies are made his footstool. So you know my curiosity when I said, well, what does that mean? Till he makes my enemies a footstool. So I cross and I cross and I finally come to what it actually means. And this is for, if you're, if you're a digger in the word, you like to study, this is Joshua chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. It literally says this, that when they would catch their enemy, when they would conquer their enemy, the signs in the Old Testament they caught and conquered their enemy, they would put their foot on the back of their neck, symbolizing we broke their neck. So in this situation, what the Lord Jesus says this is exactly what I did to the devil. The Lord Jesus got his foot on the back of his neck. And so you know what that means? The devil's under my feet. And if the devil's under my feet, that means my victory is complete because Jesus fought principalities and powers. Jesus made a public design. He defeated him. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Verse 14. Again, for by one offering is perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Now, go with me to the book of... Of Revelations chapter number 12. I'm going to be in Revelations 12 for a little bit. And then we got two, two passages left. Maybe. You know the rule. Anytime a pastor looks at a clock, you know what that means? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing. Man. Revelations 12. Now get ready, okay? This is where it's going to teach you how to live under the blood of the Lamb. Verse 9, so the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world, who who, deceives the whole, who, who leads the whole world astray. Do you know one of the definitions from Satan means he's a deceiver, he's a seducer. So his, his goal is to lead, to lead the whole world astray. And his angels were cast out with him. Now, if you'll notice in there, biblically, it says that he was cast to the earth. That can all be found in Luke 10, verses 17 and 18. But when you look at this here, and you see he was cast to the earth, who were the angels that went with him? Those were the third of the fallen angels that were booted out with him. So it says they were there on earth. Well, guess what? They're still here. And they're going to be here until Jesus comes back. But I don't have to put up with them harassing or trying to dominate me. Verse, 12, or verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation, strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. Salvation, power, and the authority of Jesus Christ is established now. Not when we get to heaven. Now. For the accuser of our brethren who accused them for our God day and night, has been cast down. Now, what this literally looks like is when you see this, it said that the accuser of the brethren. The brethren are people that are born again. It didn't say he's the accuser of the world. You know what? People that aren't born again, they're no threat to him. But when you give your heart to Jesus, he's going to do everything he can to accuse you. So he goes before God night and day, accusing or bringing accusations against you. So this is how that would look. It would be like in a court of law. And there's Father God, the great judge. And the devil comes in, and he starts throwing accusations around night and day. And he says about Adam. This is Adam. Sorry, Adam, you're on the front row. You get to be used. And he brings up everything he can on Adam. And I don't know this for sure, I'm just saying this. Adam has lied, he's stolen, he's a da-da-da-da-da, he's a this, 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 And he continually fires accusations at him and continually fires accusations. And the reason he fires those accusations is he doesn't want you to be able to walk in the things that God's blessed us with. He's trying to get the things of heaven to be retained. Verse 11. And they, who's the they? They are the brethren that he's accusing. So this is me and you. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I can't find any other way you overcome him except by the blood of the lamb. So here's what happens. When he begins to accuse you and accuse you and accuse you. You know what Father God does? He calls, calls to the witness, the advocate. Our attorney, Jesus. And Jesus shows up. And he gives Father God Adam's file. Now, I don't know this is how it looks, but this is my interpretation, okay? Don't lose your salvation over this. And Father God opens up Adam's, His file. And because Adam has come under the blood and repented of his sin and received that washing and forgiveness, God responds back to the accuser of the brethren and says, I find him innocent. I don't find anything on him because when God forgives us, they're gone forever. And then the, the accuser of the brethren, the yapper, he yaps, 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 yaps. He says, I appeal. And Father God says, appeal denied. And when he yaks again, Father God calls the advocate and the Lord Jesus takes his robe off and shows him the stripes. Shows him the, and he says, forgiven. Forgiven. I overcome by the blood of them. And you know what the word of my testimony is? I go through life talking about the blood. Who the blood set me free. The blood has marked me as an overcomer. But too many times, this is what happens with many people. We allow the yapper to keep yapping in our ears, and he starts telling you lies, and before long, you start believing those lies. You're a thief. You're a thief. Well, I guess I'm a thief. No, you're not. You're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb. You're more than a conqueror. And so I can go back to my own life. And for years and years and years, he had me convinced that I was a drunk. Once a drunk, always a drunk. Until you receive Jesus and you come under the blood. Now this is the last scripture we're going to today. Revelations chapter 1. Revelations chapter 1. Verse 4. John, who is the author here, to the seven churches in Asia, You can begin reading that, Revelations 2, Revelations 3. Great, great scripture to read. Now look how he begins this. Grace to you and peace from him. The God who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth. To him, the Lord Jesus, who loved us, and he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Who I've been washed in the blood. Oh, my life is washed in the blood. My life is now is identified with the blood. Verse 6. And has made us. And has made us. Now, if you've come to church here very long, you realize pastor's not an English major. But I do understand and has made us that that's past tense or present tense. And has made us so literally stated here, he's saying right now. I know we're going to reign in heaven. It's going to be incredible in heaven. But he has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. Now, it's clearly a a present tense reference to our function as believers right now. That what did he say? And has made us kings and priests. So I could go around here. I could even say, how many of you in here believe you're a king and a priest? And some of you would say, that, that doesn't describe me, pastor. Well, if you're born again, this is what it is. And so what's happening here is you're allowing that old man's identity, those lies he's told you to keep you from doing that. And so when I begin to come under the blood and I understand the blood qualifies me, not anything else. I'm a king and I'm a priest. Now, look how we end. To him be glory and dominion forever. And ever, and so we, through Jesus' glorious dominion, have been designated as kings and priests to God. And when God says his dominions forever, that means forever. Ooh, I got a place right now to say, Lord, I got to walk in this. I got to start seeing myself through the blood of Jesus. Just stand on your feet here this morning. So the first thing that needs to be established is are you born again? Is Jesus Lord of your life where not only did you confess and believe with your heart that he was Lord but you repented and confessed your sin before him? Now this is going to be an interesting question I'm going to ask you. Not that I pray this for you but If today was your last day on this earth, where would you be spending eternity at tomorrow? See, I I can stand before you. And not that I desire to, to die. I'm only about halfway through my life. I'm going to go to 120. To check out of here today, I'll stand before you right now and I'll say, I'm heaven bound. Not, not, not because of, of any good deeds I've done, because of my Lord and Savior Jesus. He's in my heart. He's in my heart. I, I believe the scriptures. But that's where you got to be. I asked a young lady a couple weeks back that. I said, are you born again? And she said, I I really don't understand what you're talking about. And I told her, if you died today, where are you spending? And she said, I don't know. And I said, do you want to know? And that's the key. Let me ask you this right now. And we'll do it a little different. Just with every head up and every eye open. Because the Lord Jesus said, he who acknowledges me before man, I'll acknowledge him before the Father. I'm not ashamed to be saying I'm a... I'm a Christian. I'm not ashamed. You call me a Jesus freak. I love it. What a compliment. Pastor's a Jesus freak. So if that's you today, that if you've never done this, or you have thoughts about, man, did I really give my heart to Jesus? Well, today's your day. And guess what? This house loves to see that. So if that's you, just get out of your seat and just come down here, bravely, just like you're a contestant on The Price is Right. Yeah, clap. Come on. Come on. Woo-hoo! Thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Look at this. Wow. You got to bring them to church, okay? You got to bring them to church. Put down your hats back and throw them in the back. You're going to church. Wow, look at all this. woo It's a good day, huh? It's a great day. You know, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to pray with you, okay? I'm going to pray with you. Just to, just to give you, to biblically, to hold on to this. And in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says that if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart, Jesus will save you. So again, this is what we're going to do. So I I ask everybody in here to say this. You can bow your head. You can put your hand on your heart. You can raise your hands to heaven, however you feel like doing this. But you down here at the altar, I want you to say this, okay? Say, dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I acknowledge myself as that of a sinner. And Father God, today, I confess my sin before you. All the things I've done to dishonor you. And I ask you today to forgive me. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I receive you as my King. And on July 21st, I believe because of the scripture, all my sin is forgiven and washed. And I'm a son or a daughter of God today. In Jesus' name, you guys ought to shout. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit FaithChurchLubick.com.